And welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We are your hosts, Jasmine Petty and Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about this week's Grey's Anatomy episode entitled Hotter Than Hell. So, if you haven't seen the episode yet, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, so, to start us off, uh, Giuseppe, how are you? How's, how has your week been? Oh, it was great. I had my cousin visiting, so I'm oh. really yeah yeah that's sweet I haven't seen her since this summer I mean it's not that long of time but still, like last I'm... summer you mean or no no this summer this, this summer, summer. Oh, yeah okay. so it's not that much it's not that long but you know I I'm really happy that that she came visiting me we live like uh she lives in the north of Italy and I live in the center of Italy so um it was it, it, it seems to be a, a pretty good weekend what about you uh I'm good um let's see what did i do this week i saw amy of course um uh, i've started dating again so i was out on a date that oh. uh well tell know. us if you want can you tell us how the date went like, uh it went well uh it was a good like practice first date i guess kind of getting back out there um, Great. like i'm not sure if i'm going to see him again but it, it, it was fun and i found like a new well, it was supposed to be a coffee shop, but it turned out to be more of a restaurant, but like a new restaurant that like my friends can go, friends I can go to. So, uh, yeah, it was good. And uh, I, did you write, uh, have you written to each other again since you last saw him? Uh, he asked me if I wanted to go see a movie and I said, sure. So that, that was just kind of where we left it. Okay. okay. Um, and let's keep us updated. Yeah. We, we have a new TV show, guys. Jasmine's still in life. No, I love life. But you um, love life. And speaking of love, like, uh, like, I mean, I, like I said, we're watching a bunch of other shows. So we saw the next uh, three episodes of Only Murders in the Building, which mm-hmm. was really, really good. If you haven't seen that show yet, I highly recommend it. It's really, really, really good. I, I, as I told you last week, I really want to start it. I still haven't, but I hope that I will soon. I'm really curious. I yeah. saw this, I read the synopsis and it seems really promising. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a few episodes that, that are um, a bit slow, but the humor is really good and they did this really great episode so fun fact about me um english is obviously my first language but i also speak uh some french and asl which is american sign language and uh, my high school was part deaf part hearing which is where i learned and there's a deaf character in the show who's who's a deaf actor and this is like his first big role and they have a really cool episode where it's taught it's, it's shown from his perspective Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So the way they use silence, kind of like in like old silent movie style is really, really cool yeah. and creative. And so I read about it afterwards. Every time I see ASL on screen, I'm always curious if the actors knew before or if they learned. So uh, the character whose perspective is, is a deaf actor. And then the person playing his father learned ASL for the, for the role, um, for, for his scenes. And they had an ASL interpreter on set. It was cool. I could actually like, they have subtitles obviously for people who don't know ASL, but I could actually follow along with about half of it without the subtitles. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so that was really cool. And I'm always, uh, I'm always for, you know, more deaf actors on screen and showing ASL because it's, um, the sign language in general is a really beautiful language. Um, and it's so many different dialects. I mean, even if within my own country, we have ASL and then you have, um, uh, oh, you have French sign language as well. So even between my, my own country, you have different dialects and different uh, forms of, of, of sign language. So 
uh, yeah, so that was that was really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. And I wanted to tell you something. I want to tell everyone something also, which is pretty important. I forgot to tell you, Jasmine. I'm <laughs> telling you live. <laughs> so basically, this morning in Italy, uh, we were featured by the site Vice. I don't know if you know it. It's for yeah, yeah, I know what Vice is. Yeah, uh, as we are recommended as a podcast for Grey's Anatomy fans. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, they tagged us in their in their uh, social media, and we're a part. They, they they say like, uh, if you're a big fan of Grey's Anatomy, if you know everything, if you hear chasing cars and you start crying, <laughs> or if you were there when Derek was again back in the beach, you have to follow this Italian guy and this Canadian girl who know everything about the show. So we're there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you, device. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Jasmine, do you want to start off with a 30 second recap? I will. Count me in. Three, two, one, go. This week on Grey's Anatomy, Dr. Addison Montgomery, Seattle's favorite redhead, returns to Grayson Memorial to help Richard teach the latest crop of residents as part of her clinical trial. When the HVAC system that controls the hospital's air filtration system goes down, the doctors must work quickly to save their patients before time runs out. Meredith tells Richard about her decision, Lincoln finds in Teddy, and Addison meets Meredith and Derek's children for the first time. <laughs> this, this must have been one of the most anticipated episodes ever, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely and, up there. Yeah, definitely up there. And I have to say, I don't know how you feel about it, but I have like mixed reaction about it. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. Because I, I certainly liked the episode. It had great pacing. It was fun. It felt like vintage race. But on the other end, I, I think that, I mean, speaking of Edison return, I think they could have done more mm -hmm. because it's like I... I liked all their scenes, but I wanted more interaction between Meredith and Edison. I mean, not just a glimpse on how their relationship looks like now, but something more, you know, something more deep. Like, mm -hmm. for example, every time I saw Edison with the residents, I was like, why are we wasting this screen time when we have her back? You mm -hmm. know? It's like I, I wanted her to interact with Amelia and, and with Richard and with Bailey and with Meredith, with all the characters she was connected to. And every time she kept talking about medicine, I, I felt like, oh my God, why is she talking just about medicine? Of course, this is a medical show. Of course, she's one of the greatest surgeons out there. But you know, it had been such a long time since we last saw her that I, I wanted more personal moments, I guess. Having said that, I have to say that I really loved the respect that Meredith and Edison share toward each other, and especially Edison for Meredith, because, you know, she's not an intern anymore. Now she's a groundbreaking surgeon ready to embark on her next big thing. And I think it was beautiful to see them operate together. And, and then, of course, that elevator scene. Jasmine, do you remember the last time that we had an elevator scene? Like on the show in general? On the show, yeah. Uh, that's my point it had while. been so long since we had seen a set, a scene set there I suppose yeah. for COVID reasons you know yeah so that was surprising because all the, because I think it was such a clever sh a choice you know to mm -hmm. have a scene there I think it was the, the only place in which it could have happened away from prying eyes away mm -hmm. from everyone just you know the two of them sharing their pain. 
And I, I saw some people commenting on Twitter that Meredith was not emotional enough. And I completely disagree. I think her reaction was perfect the way she listened to Edison, who knew that Meredith was the one who suffered more and how Meredith comforted her, reminding them that his most important legacy, Derek's most important legacy, is children. And, you know, I still remember that six, uh, season six episode, I think it's episode 19 of season six, in which Derek says to Meredith that he wants them to have kids also because if something happened to him, she would have not been alone. And now to see them as living proof, as the vessel for which that love still exists, and it will, it will always exist, I think it's beautiful. And also the way, Mer um, the way Meredith eyes filled up with tears when she was talking to Addison, I think that was beautiful. And I really loved Ellen's acting. She's so great in this quiet, emotional scene. What do you think? Wasn't, wasn't beautiful that moment? I do think it's a beautiful moment, although I have to say, I don't know if it was the music choice or the pacing of it, but it didn't pack the emotional punch I was hoping it would. Like it felt emotional, but it didn't hit me right in the feels, I think, that other previous emotional moments have. Um, mm -hmm. Like I thought the acting was great. It just, it didn't hit me as hard as I was, you know, when like we, when I pulled up the episode to watch it, the, the thumbnail that, that appeared was Addison and Meredith in the elevator. Yeah. And so I knew there was going to be an emotional moment there. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know if it was uh, what it was about it, but it, I thought the acting was great. I just, maybe it was the music. It just, it didn't, it, it made me feel emotional, but didn't quite pack the punch I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did like, you know, the way, you know, what, what Meredith said to, to Addison. And I, I agree with you that, you know, people were saying, well, it wasn't enough emotion. I think for Meredith, it made sense because, We've seen her go through her grief process. Derek's been gone a long time at this point. I mean, he's he's not that he's forgotten or anything, but you know, you know, I think I think this is Riggs at one point who says this that you know grief comes in in waves and stages. So yeah, Addison's having a moment because she's back in Seattle for the first time in years, and she was expecting to feel his presence, and she can't feel it, and she's upset. Whereas Meredith works there every day. She's, you know, she's been through what Addison's going through in that moment already several years prior. So I think her kind of quiet, subdued moment there did was perfectly in character for her. Um, and so I didn't think it was a really sweet moment between the two of them. Um, and I, I also have to agree with you in that, like, I, I liked Addison's return. I thought her scenes were great, but I don't know, her scenes with the resident, I, I agree with you. I feel like I would have liked to have seen her, you know, we didn't see her interact with Bailey this episode. We didn't like, you know, her and Amelia only briefly saw each other at the end. I would have liked more scenes with other characters, um, like class, like other beloved characters, um, rather than the residents. Cause like, yeah, when she was, you know, introduced herself and then was explaining about the, the clinical trial, that was all great. But then it, it got a good bit gratuitous for me. Like mm. these residents in some ways don't come off like real people, like you were saying last episode, because I know what they're supposed to be comedic, but some of it goes a bit too far for me and just winds up being cringeworthy. Yeah. Like Hell made me cringe this entire episode. Oh my oh. god, the, the way she kept bringing up Meredith. I, I mean, come on, that that's too much. Yeah, yeah, that that was my feeling. Like, I was like, I'd like to see her date somebody just so she can stop obsessing over Meredith. Like, it was funny the first few times they did it, but now it's just like, get over yourself. Like, really. Like, yeah. also, she knows that Addison's a famous surgeon, so the fact that she's like giving Meredith's own resume to Meredith and somebody 
that's been a surgeon longer than Meredith as if they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. you're supposed to, I'm supposed to believe that you're training to be a doctor and yet you think that that's an appropriate thing to do. Um, <laughs> like no wonder Schmidt's lapsing her. I mean, yeah, but also Levi in this episode, he seemed like more confident yeah. more in his game. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, as you know, that these characters, these residents just do not feel real. Even Paris and the way they interacted with each other, the way they kept guessing what had happened in the past between these characters, for me, it was not that funny. You know, I, I just, I thought it was a little bit cringy. You know, yeah, bit. and like some of the like I'll talk about this. I'm gonna get your favorite quote, but some of the like Addison and Meredith and Amelia's reactions to what was being said was funny because they're at a level I think as actors and they've known those people have known each other a very long time. So that like that camaraderie that was funny to me. But the what the actual residents were saying was yeah, that didn't it wasn't overly funny to me. And I also thought it was also strange. Like Schmidt was the only one to be like, shut up, guys. Like. Like, show some respect kind of a thing. Like, we're doctors, you know? It's, it's a problem when he's the voice of reason. How can Levi be the voice of reason? So that's when we have a problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can never... I mean, look back to the original interns. I could never imagine, like, as crude as Alex could be sometimes, I would never... Like, Alex would never turn to George and say some crap like that, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> or they'd say it in private. They wouldn't be walking around the hall. They'd, like, say... You might say something in private when they were down in the tunnels, but they wouldn't be walking around the hospital. That's, yeah, I agree with you on that. And again, like you said, I enjoyed Asin's return, but I felt they could have taken it farther, gone a step deeper, um, made it more impactful. And it felt like, and I felt this for the last few episodes as well, like the writing, it felt like it could have used another draft, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the version yeah. of the script could have used like like was that it felt like an earlier version of what should have gone to air like it could have used another look see it could have used another Passover. Um, yeah, so- I have to say that I'm liking this season because if I think it's a vast improvement from season seventeen, but I agree with you in the fact that something is off. The pacing is a little bit off, even though it was better in this episode. But it's like yeah. Like, yeah, it's like someone should read or rewrite these scripts more carefully. And uh, speaking of the fact that we didn't have any Addison and, and Amelia scenes, I think that is because they, uh, I read somewhere that Kate Walsh is going to be just in two episodes. So this one and the next one, uh, next week's one. And I, so I think that they decided to split that screen time mm. between Mary and Amelia. So in this episode, of course, since it was our first episode back, we had the confrontation between Meredith and Edison because it was what everyone was waiting for. And then next episode, as we saw at the end of this one and from the promo for next week, it's going to be all Edison and, and Amelia. And I really yeah. hope, you know, that Amelia, now that she has the other sister back, I really hope that she confides in, in Edison. I'm really happy that Edison is back for her because for sure I want to understand what's going on in her mind because... I'm sorry to say this, but I, I, to me, this feels like such a regression of a character. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm not getting Amelia Shepard. It's like Link never existed. It's like she doesn't even care about him. It's like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel true to what we have seen for the past mm-hmm. couple of seasons. Yeah, I, I agree. And one thing that did, as much as I liked the ending at the end of the episode where, you know, 
like Meredith invited Addison for dinner. She had the nice scene with Amelia. And it's like, oh, like, where do you want to go for dinner? She's like, oh, Meredith invited me over. And she's like, really? And they had that really beautiful scene at the end where, you know, she's like, oh, we're your, we're your daddy's friend. And it's like, yes, but he, I'm asking, but he called me Addy. I thought that was really beautiful. Amy and I kind of turned to each other afterwards and went, okay, but she's, Addison's meeting Meredith's children before she's meeting Amelia's child or children. Like she's like, Amelia is godmother to Henry, who's Addison's son. Um, and I, and a lot of fans speculate that she might, that Amelia might make Addison godmother to, to scout, but I'm thinking we were kind of each other being like, so she went to see Meredith and Derek's children and have ice cream with them before she went to see scouts or meet Link or, you know, meet Leo or see Teddy and Owen. And like, I feel like she should have done that first and then gone and seen Meredith's kids, Meredith and Derek's kids. Um, like I do get that they want to split the episodes up so they get like good equal screen time, but that just felt a little bit like, wouldn't she want to see Amelia's child slash children first, you know? Well, yeah, sometimes the, this kind of feels just do not feel right. So, so you liked it. You liked this meeting between Edison and, and the children, even though, you know, Edison was supposed to meet Scout first. I think she will meet him. Come on. Yeah, I know. I think she will. I just, the order of that fell off me by it, but I did like the, the meeting. I did think it was nice. And I thought it was kind of, you know, I liked uh, Amelia's facial expressions throughout that whole thing where she was like weirded out. And in the beginning, Meredith was like, like, don't make it weird. Like, stop making it weird. And she was yeah. thought there's going to be this big, she was worried about a big confrontation, I think, because the last time she would have seen any of those people together, she still had a brain tumor. She was still very much in the throes of her addiction, whereas now Amelia is, is healthier and better. And Meredith is like, there is no drama. There is no, like, don't make this a thing. Also, the residents, like, don't make this a thing. You know, that's, she's, they're both older now, you know, that's in the past. And uh, so I really did like that. I, I liked kind of Katarina's son's facial expression, where she was realizing, like, oh, like, she really meant that. Like, she just wants to bury the hatchet here and just, you know, like, let's focus on the good and and what's left of Derek. So I liked, I thought there was some great, like, nonverbal acting from her. And I really did. Uh, I did like the scenes, even though I thought they were a bit out of order. Um, I, I did like them. Well, we also had lots of other storylines this episode. Lots of surgery storylines. The medicine was back. For example, we had Winston's kidney transplant for, for his patient. The, I think that was an interesting storyline. The fact that it involved Owen as well. And surprisingly, involved Ben and his special car how do you call it the, the surgery car. truck the, the, the surgery truck. yeah yeah i thought it was really funny to see ben back as an as uh, you know back in the operating room let's say like, as like an anesthesiologist you mean yeah yeah did you like that storyline i did i did um i saw some people online being surprised that owen was was so willing to help because he's usually such like a stickler for the rules um but yeah, I did. I, I did like that. It was nice seeing Ben. I love Ben. And I wish we got more Ben and Bailey scenes. I wish ever since I moved into Station 19. I mean, for the first season, he was on Grey's in a, in a, in a good capacity. But I feel like as Station 19 has gone on, we see less and less of him on Grey's. And even when he is there, he's like, he's standing next to Bailey, but we're not getting any meaningful conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Which I really miss because I love them as a couple and I really like Ben as a character. So yeah, I like seeing him back and working with them and uh, like, like uh, the running joke about like, and if anybody asks, the station 19 was not involved, your wife doesn't know, Bailey doesn't know as either your chief or anything else. 
And everybody kept being like, am I doing something illegal? No, no, no. It's just, just don't tell her. <laughs> um, I, that funny too. I, I, I enjoyed that joke. And I really liked that there was follow through with Winston being like, I advocated for this patient. I got her the kidney. I'm, I'm going to make sure that, that she gets it no matter what. Because uh, he knew that if they transferred her, she wouldn't get it. You know, it would go to somebody else. And she didn't have time to wait for another one. Um, yeah. So so I did, I did really, I did enjoy that storyline. I, well, I, I I did, absolutely. And I like the fact that uh, Winston is interacting with other characters. I really love that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think that this storyline would have been resolved so quickly. As I said last week, I really thought that Nick was going to play a part in it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be the surgeon operating on her, but this wasn't the case. So one thing that I didn't really get uh, was... Why was he trying to hide it from Betty? I mean, as, as he says, Betty was the one who kept pushing him and who told him to do anything possible to fight for the for Rashida and for all the Rashidas in the world. So why was he actually hiding him from her? Yeah, well, my understanding was that like, so he he convinced the doctor he got on the transplant list. I think Bailey would have been fine with that, but Richard told all of them to to like cancel the surgeries, move them to Seattle Press. And so he went behind Richard's back, which also means going behind Bailey's back to Owen and to get Ben to help him. So if like if Ben told Bailey and Bailey told Richard, like they'd find out they'd gone behind their back to do the surgery. That was my in kind of in indication. That was what I thought was kind of going on there. Uh, to me, it wasn't very clear. I, I just did not get why everything was had to be, had to be done in such secret mode but but I enjoyed it I enjoyed the storyline and also really quickly I want to say that I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with Owen and this burn pit storyline because mm -hmm. Owen just cannot uh forget uh, about his patient of last last week's patient and it goes at the end of the episode he knocks at his door and he tells him that he has to fight to report what's happened to him and to, to, and to the other people that are in a similar situation. So I'm really curious to see what they're going to do this season with Owen and Teddy, because it seems like they're not focusing on them as a couple and they're getting, you know, separate storylines. And I think this storyline for Owen could be big. I don't know, of course, where it will go, but I'm curious to see what, what will I do with it? I hope it doesn't become too political, but you know, I'm I'm curious to see what how it will unfold. Yeah, I think I think it has the potential to be interesting, and uh, it's not clear if Megan is still in Seattle, but if she's there, I feel like they'll probably wind up pulling her into that, which could be interesting to see. You know, Owen work on this potentially pull Teddy and and Megan into the storyline, or do it on his own. Um, I think it has the potential to to be interesting, and I would imagine that this must be something that's being reckoned with in the real world, because they normally for these kind of storylines pull from real world stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it has a potential to to be interesting. The other thing I want to talk about was uh, one of the other surgeries we saw, which was um, the case that Hayes and Bailey had. Uh, we also saw that Dr. Lynn did take the job as head of plastics. We got to see that. So <laughs> welcome to Dr. Lynn. Lynn, welcome. And so we, we see them treating them, and then. So we saw them, you know, working on the guy who had him with burns for their naked YouTube channel. And then he tries to show her the video of the woman with the jet ski thing. And then, you know, she winds up actually coming into the into the ER because like it, it was an accident and everything that's happened. So like I, I like the case in that, you know, it was nice to see Bailey and Hayes interacting more of their friendship. That I love their friendship. I mean, it's not a friendship yet, but 
it is a, a really nice potential friendship. I really like their chemistry, their dynamic. Yeah, me too. And I like that we kind of got a little bit more background on what's going on with Austin and, you know, Bailey and, and Hayes are still trying to work together to help him, but he's being secretive and he's, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, one thing I didn't like though was, I mean, I get both perspectives, but like at the end, like, yes, he, like they did need, um, they needed her, you know, the woman's parents contact info to inform them. But when the guy, you know, when her boyfriend was talking about, you know, how her parents were being and then he's just saying like, it, like it's really hard to be a parent. I get that. But like, because we don't see these parents on screen, we don't actually see what they're like. I'm like, based on what we know about them, like Hayes could be right. And these parents could be having a completely normal response to their daughter behaving recklessly. Yeah. On the other hand, though, the boyfriend could be right and her parents could be absolutely god-awful people that she needs to get away from. So, like, I, I wish we'd seen the parents on screen or had some indication about what side it went to because, like, on the one hand, yeah, if your kid's, you know, meeting random people they met on the internet and going jet skiing and wind up in the ER and doing all this crazy stuff, like, yes, you would have a right to, you know, trying to track where they were or you might be yelling at them but like, what are you doing with your life? On the other hand, though, she's doing that because they're being controlling because they always yell. She's trying to to get away from them, to get outside of them. Um, I could totally see her perspective as well. So, and that kind of behavior can, depending on the context, could either be, you know, normal parent, teenager crap, or it could be like abuse. So yeah. I wish we'd gotten to see the actual parents and find out, you know, who was kind of right there. Um, yeah. Of course, I get why Ace acted the way he acted. Of course, his entire storyline was a reflection of what's happening right now in his life with his teenager son. Uh, the fact that he doesn't get him anymore, the fact that he doesn't, that Austin does not confide in him. So he's in that state of mind. That's why he has mm. that kind of attitude towards this patient. So I get him completely. And I, Ace, I think is in a very tough situation right now. My heart breaks for him mm -hmm. for the way the way he has to feel right now the fact that he's you know in this dire situation the fact that he has given up on pursuing Meredith from a romantic I mean the fact that he's not dating a woman that he likes because you know his teenager uh, kid is not just talking to him so I think that it's an interesting storyline for Ace and I have to say that I'm really curious to see what will happen to him as well and I'm really mad at the writers for what they are doing to him and Meredith Mm -hmm. Because, as you know, as I've said in the past few weeks, I'm a big, big Meredith and Nick fan. I really love them as a couple. I miss Nick so much in this episode. I know you didn't, but I did so, so much. And I, I but I think at the same time that this guy, Ace, has been through so, so much that he mm -hmm. deserves chance at a happiness and I don't like the fact that he's back at the hospital bringing Meredith coffee and he doesn't even know that Meredith is flirting with another guy he thinks that he still has shot when you know when the situation with his son will be fixed but Meredith on the other end is falling in love with another guy so I think that it's such such a vicious thing to do to him he doesn't deserve it and my heart breaks for him and I really hope that the writers address the situation because otherwise it would be just too cruel for for ace after all the interaction that he has had with meredith yeah i i agree um yeah i think what they're doing to Hayes is really cool he's such a great character they've given him such a rich 
deep backstory. And my heart breaks for him because he's trying to get this thing fixed with his son. Like he's trying to sort things out to help him. One, because he's a, he's a good father and he loves his son, but also because, you know, if you can help him, him and Meredith can be together. And so he's trying really hard. And he's also grappling with like, okay, she's in Minnesota half the time. At this point, he doesn't know that she's been on a date with Nick. He, you know, she doesn't say anything to him about that. I mean, he knows she's single and free to date other people, but you know, knowing that that's a possibility and actually knowing that she's doing that are two different things. Um, And I do hope they address it because otherwise that's a really, that's a really horrible way to rewrite Meredith's character. Like that's a really sleazy, horrible thing to do. And I don't think she's that person, you know, Um, especially everything she went through with Derek, you know, finding out he was married, all that. Like, I just don't see why she would put somebody else through. He does feel out of character. Yeah. Such a thing. Um, especially because like I'm trying to figure out where they're going with this because as we said I want to see Meredith Hayes together but in this episode you know he brings her coffee and you know we find out that he knows that she's taken the job in Minnesota and will be there part of the week like she's flying in once a week um, which at the time didn't seem you know like an you know it, it made sense that he knew but the episode goes on and as they're talking we find out she hasn't told Richard or Bailey yet but Bailey makes a comment about Minnesota the link happens over here but when she, Meredith tells Richard and this is something I didn't really get I hope we're going to address is Meredith tells Richard she can't um she has to step down as director of residency and is giving the program back to him but she can't tell him what the project is which seems to imply she signed some kind of NDA but there was nothing about the project being a secret prior to this. And so I'm like, she can't even tell Richard, but she's told, but she's confided in Hayes, which indicates there's still like an intimacy and a close relationship there. I haven't told Ace about the specifics of the project. I think- No, I, just... I, I know, I know. But the fact that, you know, she's confiding him stuff, she's not confiding in anybody else. The fact that they're still keeping that relationship going, then she's also going on dates with Nick in Minnesota. I mean- But but I get what you're saying. The intimacy they're creating between Ace and Meredith is, is really strong. And it does make sense if they don't want to explore it farther. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm like, if you're good at like, I'm never going to like Meredith and Nick, just straight up, I'm not. Um, so if they're going with that, they need to make that clear so a bunch of us can peace out. If they're going with Meredith and Hayes and they need to do something with that, like pick a side, pick a lane, tell me where I'm like, what, like what I'm supposed to be rooting for here. And it's like, they're standing in the middle of the road, like the chicken, it's like, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know, but you're standing in the middle of it, pick a goddamn side, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i agree with you i don't want to see her in a triangle just no. her or her face, for god's sakes come on yeah, exactly just make a choice make a choice Both make a are viable for me at least but just make a choice yeah like it's not like her seeing her triangle was fun and interesting when she was an intern and she was younger um but personally any of the trials i've done with her triangles which they've done with her since meredith Derek and Addison to me have not been interesting like I didn't get anything out of Link and DeLuca because to me Link was so obviously the, the better choice and then they went with Luke and I'm like all right I didn't you built that up in a weird way and then this isn't interesting to me either like yeah it's just it's just not <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of Link he had an unusual screen partner this week Teddy yes do you, do you want to talk about how you thought about that? Well, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. I really like I really like when the show mix, you know, these pairings uh, friendship wise. I really love when we have this weird interaction between two characters that uh, that haven't interacted much. Uh, so I really love them. I I think it was just a little bit stupid the fact that they were in charge of a ju- of fi- fixing the air conditioning of the hospital. Yeah. It just, 
sentence just did not. This is something that bothered me a little bit. It's like these doctors not to do, uh, they just, where are the technicians, you know, where are the people fix this kind of stuff? I mean, I know that Richard says that we're busy, but why is Richard making the call? But that's okay, because we had a cool interaction between Teddy and, and Link, as I said. I think Teddy was really sweet towards him. And my heart really, really breaks for, not just for Ace, but for, Nick, uh, for Link as well, mm -hmm. because... I mean, I know Link is wrong. I mean, why is he so fixated on this wedding thing? I mean, I mean, yeah. I love to just accept it and move on and just accept the fact they will never get married. Who cares? It's 2021, so just who cares? But on the other hand, I, I, I totally get what he's saying when he says, it's like Amelia completely forgot about me because at the beginning of the episode, he, over, he overhears uh, Amelia talking about Minnesota. And she does it without even taking consideration Scout and Link. And this is like hurting me so much, as I said before, because we have seen Amelia grow so much during these couple of seasons. So why is she acting this way? Why isn't she a little bit desperate, a little bit sad about the fact that she broke up with Link? I mean, it doesn't make sense. She's there flirting with Dr. Bartley. I mean, yes, I like them. But on the other end, I don't, I, I don't think they should become an item. They should become a couple. It does make sense to me. For me, Amelia should face what's happening with Link and then see if there is a compromise to, to, not to arrive to. And then if it doesn't work, then you can look at other people. But it just do not, doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I hope, as I said earlier, I really hope that Amelia will explain to Addison what's going on in her mind, because I really need to know it in order to root for her again. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, like we've seen her grow so much since her tumor was removed in season 14, and I really like the new Amelia. So I'd like to understand a bit more about what's going on. Um, and like I said, the previous episode, like I felt like Amelia jumped at the chance, you know, to take this project and Meredith was like, but we have kids and families in Seattle. And it's like, she wasn't even thinking about that, which is crazy considering part of these are her and Link you know, like grew up, like broke up and like grew apart was because he said he wanted kids, wanted more kids and she didn't. So the fact that he wasn't even thinking about any of that was kind of odd. Um, I agree with you that the storyline were like, you know, they, the company was, you know, on their way to, to fix the, the, the HVAC unit. They didn't have an ATA because all the other machines were, were down. And so they offered, and I thought that was a bit odd. Like Amy and I were, Amy and I were talking about that because we're like, I'm like, like we were like, what the heck? Like, why would they think they could fix an AC unit and they get up to the, the roof and they realize that like, it's like, it's it's basically a computer inside. Um, they're thinking it's going to be like your old fashioned window unit and those stop being common practice. Gee, I don't know, like 10, five, 10 years ago. Like, um, <laughs> and so from my perspective as, as long as we know, I, um, I come from a family of, of construction workers and architects and engineers. So any storyline like this always kind of bothers me a little bit because it's like, it seems to be ignorance on Link and Teddy's part. They think like, oh, it's going to be like, I just installed an AC unit. It's the same thing. It's like, no, that's computerized. I have a, actually an anecdote about this. So I once lived in an apartment building and they input this really high tech new heating cooling system, which was great until it like, we realized it wasn't working a few weeks into the fall. And here in Canada, um, if you don't have proper, in a lot of places, uh, if you don't have proper heating in the winter, your pipes will freeze and burst and everything yeah. will break because it gets so cold. 
um, or the changing elements can cause a problem. And so that stuff has to be regulated properly for safety. And so like, I remember talking to the building manager about this and like, yeah, like it's a great new system, but the problem is that like now when it breaks down before we could have sent like a maintenance tech, you know, from the company, but now we have to get somebody from this specific company because they're so high tech, it's basically a computer and you have to get somebody down here. And so they had to wait till somebody came. And so these technicians have gone from being your old fashioned kind of like, you know, maintenance people that we kind of picture, you know, with a bunch of tools kind of having to be basically IT personnel. Like they're both IT and maintenance because they're like big computers. And so that was very obvious to me. Like that's something I already knew. And so I'm like, when they got there and they were so surprised, it was like a computer on the inside. I'm like, well, duh, they've been computers for like 10 years. And also speaking of Teddy, she was the ambassador of fun in this episode. Yeah. She was, Betty asked her to bring all the fun back at the, at the hospital. And I have to say that this storyline, it just, it, it felt, it was cute. It was fun. And this, before the beginning of the episode, I felt that this felt a vintage Grace episode. Not only because of that, this one, of course, mostly because of her, but not only because of her, but also because of this storyline, because it was silly, but in a great, silly way. And I really loved, you know, the conclusion of the storyline when she finds the cool spot in the morgue and she has this cocktail party and she's like, people are dying to get here. And Betty's like, what? No, please do not make these kind of jokes. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I did, I did like the thing at the end. And when she had people put on the silly hats, when she had Owen put on the, what is it? Like a sequin, like biker hat. Yeah, that was so funny. And, and, <laughs> and it was like so cowboy hat. Yeah. Oh, I, I did like the silly hats. That was fun. Um, yeah. Amy's comment. She's like, that would be like if if Amy, she's like, oh, that would be like if I was if I was important ambassador of fun. Like I'd it'd go about as well as it did with Teddy. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, Jasmine, I guess that's it. And we are back our one of our favorite parts of our podcast, uh, the favorite quote. Do you want to start? What what was yours? I think it was kind of a tie. I've been going with a lot of ties lately because, like I said, I'm not loving this season as much as you know I'd hoped I would. So there's nothing really stand out ish to me. Um, but I'd say I, I, I had two kind of moments. The first one was when Amelia and uh, Addison hug at the end, and they're joking about what everyone's been saying, and Addison kind of plays with her necklace and goes, "I heard it was a foursome." <laughs> that made me laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah um, and then the conversation between Meredith and Hayes, obviously I wanted so much more, but I did really love their interaction. And I also love when Hayes talks about his life in Ireland. Um, I just really enjoy that. And I thought it was cute and funny. So I think those would be kind of a tie. Uh, what about you? Oh, uh, there was a line that really made me laugh out loud. It's basically, as we know, this episode, we have this big wave. And uh, Bailey sees these men standing at, in front of the doors of the hospitals, leaving them these doors open. And she approaches him and she says, do I look like a batch of raw cookie, cookie dough to you? Do you want me to bake? And I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny, you know? That, that, was a, that, was a, that was a good line by Bailey. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, I, okay. I think that's it. I think we've done it. Yes, that's our show. So if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends, of course. So our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at DancingLabPod and on Instagram on DancingLabGrey's Anatomy. And again, thank you, Vice, for featuring us as 
recommended podcast. And thank you guys for all the support you give us each week. And we, we see that you're listening to us. And this is such, such beautiful thing to know that we have an audience, you know? Right, Jasmine? Yes, yes I really agree. Thank you so much, Device, and to all of our listeners. So until next time, I'm Giuseppe. And I'm Jasmine. And this is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast.